0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Watermark Church podcast. We're so excited you've decided to join us. Now let's dive into our series, Fresh. Everybody stand up this morning. Even if you're online, if you're home, stand up with us. That's fun. It'd be fun if somebody else walks in the room and you're standing up. That's pretty fun. We we watch this video, and it's, it's this whole series about being fresh. Isn't that fun watching fresh bread and fresh—you go out of bed with fresh sheets on and fresh— You know what I'm saying? Fresh air outside. I believe there's something about starting a new year fresh. Um, I think it's more irony that we all have these masks on and we talk about fresh air. It, It means something different to us this year than it's ever done before. But this is my question for all of us is, who in here needs, do you need a fresh start? Raise your hand. Do you just feel like you need a fresh start? Isn't this one of the reasons that we come to church that we serve the Lord is because he is a God of fresh starts. He's a God who continually gives us fresh starts. As we look at this year, what is it about me? Here's a good question. What is it about me that will keep me from becoming the best me that God has intended me to be? What is it about me that's keeping me back from being the best me that God has created me to be? What is, what's holding you back from what God has called you to do? What's hold, what's, what are you not letting go of? The verse of the series that we started with last week, I'm going to share every week, is this. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23 says this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Listen, if this, um, some of you, I encourage you, as you're fasting and praying in the next few weeks, make this the, the verse that you start with every single morning. Memorize this Memorize this verse. The fat, steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, and I love this. His mercies never come to an end; they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love that because it starts by declaring that His love is steadfast. That I mean, it's it's it never ceases. That He is fully one hundred percent in love with you today as He was yesterday. That even the mistakes that you made before, he's still, that he's consistent. That the intensity of love that he has for you a year ago is still there today. Uh, apart from all the mistakes or things that we make, our love is fickle. His love is steadfast. But I'm, this is my fair part. God's mercies are new every morning. In Hebrew, the word new means this, kadash. Everybody say that. One, two, three. Kadash, which is a cool word because not only does it mean, it means fresh, new, and rebuilt, but not only does it mean like again and again, but it means different. That his mercies are different and fresh every single day. His mercies are new and fresh every day. I said this last week. If you counted all the days that you were since you've been born to now, you, you start doing the math. I figured out last week. That's over 15,000 days I've been alive. Some of you, it's like 100,000, I don't know. (laughs) But think about this, 15,000 days, that means there's over 15,000 different and new fresh mornings of mercy with the Lord. So every day with the Lord is a fresh start. Every day. Lord, I pray for today, I pray for this congregation. I pray for everybody watching online. I pray, Lord, for us as individuals as we stand here today. Lord, we all need a fresh start with you. We all need new mercies today, Lord, that we thank you that you've given us new mercies. I pray, speak life into our dry bones, speak life into our dead spots, speak life into areas that we have not surrendered to you. I pray in Jesus' name, help us to be the, become the people that you've actually called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, before you grab a seat, turn to someone and say, time for a fresh start, and then grab a seat. That would be awesome. <laughs> Joshua chapter 3, one of my favorite books in the Bible. I've done a couple series on Joshua, and I love it. The whole mentality about Moses taking Israelites out of you know, slavery and then the whole generation dies off. And then Joshua, pretty much a young youth pastor, leads a generation into the promised land. And if you don't know the story, Moses never reached the promised land. They kept on marching. It should have been, if you never heard this before, it should have been an 11 or 12 day journey. It took him 40 years and he still never got there. I mean, you talk about, oh, I know a shortcut. Because even though they were out of slavery, they couldn't get the slavery mentality out of their hearts. They were circling the camp all the time. And so God finally said, I'm gonna bring another generation in the promised land. And so that shows you that some people talk about the promised land, others live in the promised land. You hear me out there? And so what's interesting is here's here's Joshua who is now the guy, after chapter one and two, who is now the guy gonna lead the Israelites into the promised land, the next generation. And, and before he goes in the promised land, he faces a few of the things that even Moses faces. Like one, Moses had to cross the Dead Sea. Joshua is now at the, at the river of the Jordan River and he has to cross it. It's like this, it's like a mirror image of what happened. If you remember the story of Moses crossing the sea, it, it, it was a story about him lifting the staff and the waters parting. But God wanted to do it differently with Joshua And he told the people, he says, I want you to cross it. And so I'm just going to read the scripture, and we're going to jump in from here. But at this point, Moses is dead, and they're leading the congregation. Here's what it says, Joshua chapter 3. It says, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priests carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance— of about 2,000 cubits between you and the ark, and do not go near it. Then Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priests, Take up the ark of the covenant, pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so that you may know that I am Am with you as I was Moses. Tell the priests to carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Now listen, what's happening here is Moses lifted his staff and the waters parted. And now God is saying, I'm not gonna part the waters till you get wet. And so he's literally saying, The ark goes first, the priests go first, you step in the water, and I'll start parting it. But it's up for you to take that first step. If you want to see a miracle, take that step. And so, but I love this because this is what he was saying. Here's the plan. And then he says this. But before that, Joshua says, God is saying, he says, you consecrate yourself for tomorrow I'm going to do amazing things. Now, the Jordan River was overflowing. Not only is it hard to cross it anyway, but it says it was overflowing the boundary, it was the boundary between the wilderness and the promised land. It was the barrier between the slavery mentality and the future promises. It was the old way of living and the future. And so not only was it a demographic they had to cross, it was a spiritual climate and culture they had to get through. They knew they had to get to the other side. Now, a couple side notes I want to make here. Just because they entered the promised land doesn't mean there's not going to be trials. There are still battles on the other side, but that was the land that God has given them. And so it was, their promises at this point were in sight. They could now see the promised land. They just had to get through it. And so they said it was about 200 feet wide. There was no bridges. There's no other way around it except for going through it. Isn't that just how life is? I think it's amazing how we think about this. We kind of want shortcuts. Is there an easier way? But sometimes just God says, you just got to go through it. The Jordan River was interesting because not only does it separate them from a distance, but it separated them from 400 years of God's promises. Years of slavery. Years of not being who God's called them to be. 400 years of desert life, and they were on the edge now of God's promises. Now Israel was kind of waiting on the bank, and imagine for a second just kind of seeing that river and hearing that river flow, and you look across and you see the promised land that you've been talking about for generations. And you're thinking, if I can just get over there, that's where God has me. And so, as they just stood on the shore, hearing it, seeing it, not sure what to do. But that's when God spoke to them and says, "Here's a plan. Can I just tell you this? I think a lot of people, a lot of Christians, spend their time looking at the promises, looking at the water, standing on the shore, and not taking a step. And then they wonder why they're not living in the promises. A lot of people are just kind of staying here. It's interesting because we all have these moments where we're standing on the edge trying to decide whether we should take the next step or not. It's like, it's like being on a diving board and the longer you wait to jump, remember that as a kid, the longer you wait, the harder it is to jump. You stand here for so long, it becomes normal just to be on the edge of something great without actually living in that greatness. I'm just going to tell you this, that we all have Jordan rivers in our lives that we have to cross. Not one, not two. Many times we sit on a shore having the cross and God is saying it's time to move and we just kind of sit there and wait. But we all have these. So my question for you is this year is what's your next step? Because honestly, if you think about this year, as we pray and fast, it's like I think we're all looking at just be honest, it's just we all want to do crazy amazing things. What are we going to do with my calling and the family? What's my next step? One thing is this, I think every single day we need to take a faith step. I think every single day we need to do something that's a faith step today, we, we all need to take it at least one a day to get to the other side. But can I tell you this? When you're asking what's my next step, I think it's the same for everybody. In this room, online, everybody. And it's this. Joshua chapter 3 verse 5 says, Joshua told the people, "Concentrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. I think that's the first step for everybody. I think that's the first step for all of us. Anytime God is about to do something amazing in our lives, he calls us to consecrate ourselves to him. And for some of you, this is a new word. You're like, what does consecrate mean? How does this look? And when you look it up in scripture, it actually means to declare to be sacred to set apart, to dedicate, to devote to the service or the worship of the Lord. Back in the Bible times when they had special things that they used for worship, they would they would actually consecrate certain utensils or you know saying artifacts and say this is only used in worship. It was set apart. We don't want this to be used for anything else. It's interesting because if you look at the word consecrate, what it comes down to is consecrate means to be to set Yourself apart. It means full devotion. Or in other terms, I'll say it like this it means to go all in. If you're playing poker, that means you move all the chips in. It's interesting how I look at this because I think in our spiritual life, if you want to look up here for a second, in our spiritual life, here's how it works. I think when we come to the Lord, Sometimes what we do is we come to the altar and pray, or we give our lives to the Lord, and we say, Lord, here's my list. If I'm going to surrender to you, Lord, then I don't want you—this you is not this. I'm not—this is, not, is just a sheet of paper, but maybe you have a list of things you're saying, like, I, I can't lay this down, or I don't want you to touch this. I don't know if I want you to challenge me on this. And we, we get to the Lord, yeah, I, I, want, well, I want the Lord to be my Savior, but my Lord, and this is the part where it becomes Lord, because you're like, I want to go all in, but. And we write down these buts, but Lord, I don't know about this, and I don't know if I want to do this. Can I just tell you what consecration is? It's like having a blank sheet of paper, almost like a blank check, and signing your name to it like this. And saying, "Lord, whatever you write on here, I guess I'm all in." It's not a list of like, "Can can you do this? Can can you do this for me? Do I have to give this up? Do I have to do this?" It's literally saying, "Lord, this is a, I'll go all in." It's it's that idea of moving the chips and not going halfway. It's, it's saying. It's going all the way because when it comes down to the reason that we fast and the reason that we consecrate, the reason we do this is because it really is to dethrone ourselves, dethroning yourself in the things that we hold on to and enthroning Jesus Christ. It's literally taking the things that we desire the things we, and taking ourselves off the throne and putting Jesus back on the throne and saying that you are Lord and you're in charge. I, I'm not in charge. At, and, and so I believe fasting and prayer is this, is that every day we decide, Lord, I'm, I'm giving this to you because consecration is not something that we just do one time. It's something that we do daily. It's something that we lay down and say, Lord, I give you today. I give you, I give you this. Lord, take the throne of my heart, of my desires, of these things. And it's, 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 it's taking our job, it's taking our family, it's taking our hope, it's taking these things off the throne and giving it back to the Lord. Consecration is a daily process of us going all in, of being set apart. The greatest moments will be the moments that you decide to go all in. I'm telling you, you won't get bored in your spiritual life when you're going all in. I can look at people in this room, and I remember stories of people that say, well, I don't know about this, I don't know about this, and if I give this up, what's going to happen? If I go all in, what's God going to do? He's going to send me some crazy place. He's going to ask me to give up something. But consecration is going all in for the Almighty. It's going saying, I'm going all in for you, Lord. So this is a choice every single day. The choice is, will you consecrate yourself? One of the biggest things I want to say to you guys today is this. God does the mighty works, the amazing things. God does the heavy lifting. Can I just say this? We all want to be known for amazing things. Who in here just wants to do an amazing work before they die? Let's be honest. Like who just wants to do something amazing? Right? You want to be part of something amazing. I can tell you this. If you want to be fresh, our job is not the amazing. Our job, our spiritual job, is to consecrate ourselves. That's what we're called to do. God's promise for you is this. If you consecrate yourselves tomorrow, I will do amazing things among you. He says, I will do that. Not you. I will do amazing things among you, through you, for you, in spite of you. Your job is to surrender And consecrate your today so I can do miracles tomorrow. Your job today, this morning, is to go all in. You consecrate yourself today because amazing will always begin with consecration. Consecration has to happen first before the amazing comes in. We want God to do these amazing things, but our job is to consecrate. And that's it. It's amazing how we look at this is sometimes we get in the role of doing God's job. We want to do his work. That's just cool. That's great. But I'm telling you, we can do greater work when we have deeper consecration. When we go more all in. So can I just say this? If you want to see God move, if you want to see God part the waters of the Jordan River the next day, then we need to move today to consecration. Some of you are just waiting for, why isn't God moving? Why isn't God moving in my kids? Why isn't God moving in my family? Why isn't God moving in my coworkers? Why isn't God moving in my husband or my wife's heart? Why isn't God moving in this struggle? Why isn't God moving in our nation? Why isn't God moving in our city, in our churches? Why isn't God moving? And my challenge to us is we need to move into consecration. We need to move in our own hearts. I think most people, like I said before, they stay on the shore wondering what we should do next. It's where many people spend their lives. We're so close to a dream, so close to a promise, so close to miracles. But really, we never take that first step of consecration. We never just say, got them all in. Some people say, how does this look? I can tell how this looks right now. Second Chronicles 7.14 says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them of their sin and I will heal their land. You guys see that? If you're taking notes, just that if-then statement the same thing that Joshua was saying. He was if if you consecrate yourselves, then I will do miracles the next day. I will do amazing things. He's saying, if you do this, then I will do this. The negotiation is saying, God, God is saying to his people, he says, listen, I will heal your land. I will heal your family. I will heal this. But he says, today, if my people who are called by my name will turn, will seek me, will consecrate themselves and make me and go all in, then I will show. If you want to see me move, move. If you want to see my miracle step in the water, if you want to see this happen, see what God can do, it's amazing. I challenge you for the next three weeks, put a reminder on your phone Second Chronic is 2 Chronicles 7.14, 7.14 a.m., 7.14 p.m. Put it on your phones a reminder saying, seek the Lord today. Wherever you are, just pray at that moment. Because listen, I'm telling you, yes, we've been through some battles in 2020. There's more battles coming. So what do we need to do in battles? I'm telling you this. Consecrate, that means bowing before the battle. That means before the battle even shows up that you're ready to fight. That means your heart is ready, that you're ready to move, that your heart is surrendered. And I'm telling us, some people are bored or they're not sure they do because they're holding back. They're not surrendering. They may give God this area or this area or this area, but they're not going to open up the closet to these areas. And then we wonder why we're distant from the Lord. We wonder why, I'll surrender this, but I'm not going to surrender that. And then we wonder why there's a distance. That doesn't work in marriage either. So God is saying, let it all out. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me and be honest. Come to me and consecrate yourself. Come to me and come clean. Come to me and surrender, not just as Savior, but as Lord. And the question I would have for you is, if you're not doing this, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid that God's going to do through you, ask you to do, or take away? And is it worth it? Is it worth to keep on living the life that we've been living where it's like half foot here, half foot here? My mentor Calvin told me this a long time ago. He goes, listen, if you put one foot in one boat, put another foot in another boat, sooner or later, you're going to rip your pants. It's true stories. You cannot make it work. You cannot do this. But I'm telling you this. If you consecrate yourself if you lay it down, if you sign the sheet and you saying, God, I'm all in, no matter what you ask, and you come over and you bring it to the cross and you lay it down, I'm telling you, here's what's going to happen. A rising tide lifts all boats. Not only does your spiritual life take off, but God is going to do amazing things. I love this because it says, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. So, you mind what a word is for you today? Three words amazing is coming. Amazing is coming. Can I just be honest with you? You know what I'm going to do this week? Starting tomorrow? I'm still going to have Facebook. Everybody's like, I'm going to get off Facebook. I'm going someplace else. Maybe you need to do, I'm just going to get off my phone. I might use it online, you know what I'm saying, on my computer, you know, check it every once in a while, look at my messages, but I'm going to take it off my phone. I'm going to take some of these news things off my phone. I'm just going to get off my phone because here's what I'm not, information is good, but wisdom from the Lord is more important. We get such a hustle about what's going on. I'm like, that's great. That's awesome. It's, listen, we got to pray for the nation. One of the things on our prayer request is praying for our nation, praying for our city. Listen, we need God to heal the nation. I'm not against, but you mean? But we need God to heal us. We need to consecrate ourselves. I, I thought about this past week and as i what preparing. What if we spend as much time as a church consecrating as we did about giving our opinions? What if we spend as much time seeking the Lord, you know what I'm saying, and seeking the truth instead of winning an argument? I think as a church, listen, we got to be at the point where, listen, no matter how you look at it, we don't put our trust in a government or politicians or we put our trust in the Lord, amen? We stand upon His promises. It's not a democracy, it's a kingdom and He's in charge. And the last time I looked at the beginning and the end of the book, he still wins. He still wins. The enemy's been defeated, and yet as Christians, we walk around going, oh, woe is me. Another loss. Another loss. Listen. Dude, you win. So I can tell you this. Amazing is coming. Amazing is coming. Dude, put this in your journal. Put this... What does that mean? When you consecrate yourself. For tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Amazing is coming. If my people who are called by my name, then. I have the worship team up here. I'm going to close with this. Everybody stand up this morning. Just close your eyes. There was a prayer that Rick Warren about two, about thirteen years ago, Rick Warren actually said this prayer and he wrote it down. If you guys don't know who Rick Warren is, the pastor at Saddleback Church. And I have this in my journal. I read it through the year, and I want you to I just want you to really soak this in. We talk about consecration today. It says this: Today I am stepping across the line. I'm tired of waffling, and I'm tired of I'm tired and I'm finished with wavering. I've made my choice, the verdict is in, and my decision is irrevocable. I'm going God's way. There's no turning back now. I will live the rest of my life serving God's purposes with God's people on God's planet for God's glory. I will use my life to celebrate his presence cultivate his character, to participate with his family, demonstrate his love, communicate his word. Since my past has been forgiven and I have a purpose for living and a home awaiting in heaven, I refuse to waste any more time in shallow living, petty thinking, trivial talking, thoughtless doing, useless regretting, hurtful resenting, Or faithless worrying. Instead, I will magnify the God, grow in maturity, serve in ministry, and fulfill the mission of the membership of his family. Because his life is preparation for the next, I will value worship over wealth, we over me, character over comfort, service over status. And people over possessions. In position. In pleasures. I know what matters most and I will give it all I've got. I'll do the best I can with what I have for Jesus Christ today. I won't be captivated, hear this out, by the culture. Manipulated by the critics. Critics motivated by praise, frustrated by problems and temptation, or intimidated by the devil, I'll keep running the race with my eyes on the goal, not the sidelines or those even running with me. When times get tough and I get tired, I won't back up, back off, back down, back out, or backslide. I'll just keep moving forward by God's grace. I'm spirit-led, purpose-driven, mission-focused, so I cannot be bought and I will not be compromised and I will not quit until I finish the race. Think about this. Amazing is coming, but you set the pace. I love it when went to Joshua and says, Consecrate yourself today. That's every day. When you wake up, His mercies are new every morning. Consecrate yourself, fresh start every day. Consecrate yourself today. For tomorrow, I'll do amazing things. That's our job. When people ask me again, what do you think I'm called to do? I don't know, probably just consecrate yourself today and see what God's amazing thing God wants to do through you. Just surrender today. Surrender. I want you to have this illustration of just a blank sheet of paper, going over the cross, laying it down, and just saying, all in, all in. telling you some of you are not sold out because you've not totally bought in And there comes a point where you got to go all in everybody bow your heads close your eyes this morning as we end service today listen I believe some of us had to make that decision (laughs) that you're going to go all in I believe for some of you today is your all in moment Maybe you went halfway or partway, but today I believe that you, God is saying to you, it's time to go all in. If you're here, no one's looking around. I'll be looking around, but that's it. If you're here today and you're saying, I need to go all in to the Lord. I need to surrender and I just need to go all in. No holding back. I need to pursue Jesus. I need to surrender. He needs to become Lord of my life. I just want you to raise your hand in this place. It's a point of surrender. See it. See it. I see it. I see it. I want everybody, to repeat after me: Dear Jesus, I need to go all in. Help me to go all in. Forgive me my sins. Help me, Lord, to know what to give to you to make you Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me and forgiving me. But I need you more. Holy Spirit, fill me up. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know what? Asking Jesus in your heart is just going all in. and We need to do it all the time. going to close with worship this morning. One of the things I hate most about the season of COVID that we're in is we can't do altars like we've done before. So I think where you're at, listen, I miss praying over you. I miss laying my hands on you. I miss praying over it. We'll get back to that point some point. Can I just tell you this? I don't have to touch you for God to touch you because the, the work is done in here. What will 2021 be like for you if you really consecrated, if you really surrendered and just stuck to it? I'm not talking about legalism, and, but what do you need to lay down? Can I just say this? What are you missing out on because you're not consecrating every day? Lord, I pray for the church as we move into a time of worship, for those who raise your hand and say, I'm going all in. Well, I just pray in Jesus' name that we don't get stuck. There's so many people who stand on the shore and don't go all in. They look at it. They can see the promises, but they don't live in it because, Lord, and they can talk about it, but, Lord, they, they know the language. They know the verbiage. They know the conversations, but they're not living in freedom because they haven't stepped foot into it. Lord, I'm so tired of people just talking about you without really talking to you. Lord, help us to be people who spend time with you, who surrender to you, who know you. Help us to really consecrate because you're gonna do amazing things in our lives. I'm so excited to hear the amazing things that's gonna happen this year because people truly surrender. Lord, help us to stay fresh in the things of you. In Jesus' name, amen, let's worship. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today here at Watermark Church. If you have any questions or want to learn more, you can visit us at www.stillwatermark.com. Thank you.